Thank you, Brother Taylor, for leading us in singing this morning. That's a powerful song, isn't it? I was thinking about 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2. What, a, what an amazing day it's going to be when we will see Jesus just as he is. That's what John said in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 2. We have a great crowd here this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's always exciting to be able to come together with the people of God to worship together, to remember our Father in heaven, to study the Word of God together. We will conclude this uh, uh, portion of our worship at 940, and then beginning at 950, we'll have Bible classes. As you know, we're wrapping up our quarter. We're going to begin a new quarter uh, the first Sunday in January. So we're continuing going through Standing on the Edge of Eternity here in the auditorium, and there's a study of denominations in classroom number one. And so you have two options for adult classes and there are classes for all ages in the back. So for those who are visiting, it looks like we have some people from the community. May God bless you for being here. We'd love to talk to you more about Jesus and his will for you. I want to begin this morning by talking about a great young man. When you think about this man, typically you think about positive things. And it's hard not to because this young man did so many great things in his life. He stands out among many others that we read about in the Bible. And the young man I'm referring to is Timothy. Well, we have the letters from Paul to Timothy in First and Second Timothy. I want to begin in Acts chapter 16. We learn something very quickly about this man named Timothy that Paul would meet. Paul eventually would, would have Timothy work with him in his ministry and his work as he went about preaching the gospel. One of the things that stands out about Timothy was his good name. He had a great reputation. He was known among the brethren and he was known for, for great things because of his faith in Christ and what he was doing. In Acts chapter 16, I want you to notice with me, please, in verse number 1, the Bible says, Luke wrote this, he said, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren. I want you to take notice of that. He was well spoken of by the brethren. People knew his reputation. They knew about who he was and the things that he did for the cause of Christ. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul would have Timothy come along and, and help him along uh, during his missionary trips. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 2. I read this passage last week and something really stood out to me as I was thinking about my... Philippians chapter 2, we learned something else about Timothy. We're just reminded of this good reputation that he had, the good name that he had. In Philippians chapter 2, I want you to notice in verse number 19, Paul said this, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else, listen to what he says here, I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. Paul had the utmost trust in Timothy. He knew the motives of Timothy were pure and they were righteous. And he said, I, I'm going to send him to you. For I have no one else, verse 20, of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not of those of Christ Jesus. But you know, listen to this, of his proven worth. You know of his proven worth. That he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel. Like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as, I, as soon as I see how things go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself also will be coming shortly. You can't help but smile when you think about this young man, Timothy. 
and the manner in which he lived his life. And Paul would give him instructions in First and Second Timothy, but we see, we see a man who followed through. We see a man who was trustworthy. We see a man who was dependable, a young man who was doing the right things, a young man who had a great name, a great reputation. This morning, I want to talk to the young people for a few minutes. Typically, when I preach on the floor or from the floor, I, I do a lesson for our young people here and Lord willing, as we go into 2020, I'd like to continue to do this at least once a month. I want to talk about a passage that we find in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 1. And I'm going to ask the young people here to take some time to memorize this passage here in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 1. It will serve you well in the days, months, and years to come. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number 1. We are reminded of something so powerful. The Bible says, a good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Don't you love that? A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. The title of our subject this morning is called Worth More Than Gold. That's what the Proverbs are talking about here. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. And that's something that you need to hold on to as young people. Your name, your reputation, how people view you, how people see you, and most importantly, how your Father in heaven sees you. The Bible says a lot about reputation. The Bible says a lot about your name. And it's the idea, a good name is the idea of being viewed in a positive light. It's a position you may have in the eyes of others. And something very important that you need to think about can be very easy to think about wealth and obtaining more and obtaining physical possessions. But something you need to make sure that you guard and protect is your reputation, your name. And so I have two thoughts that I want to share with you. Now, two thoughts doesn't mean too much because two thoughts can turn into an hour. But I am on the clock here. So I have two thoughts that I want to share with you this morning. As you think about your name, your reputation, the first one's very easy. In fact, both of them are really easy but it can be challenging to do. As you think about this idea of your name being worth more than gold, your reputation, I want you to consider, number one, that your reputation matters. Your reputation matters. Think about Timothy for a second, the passage that we read in Acts chapter 16. His reputation, his name made him stand out when Paul got to know him. When Paul came to find out who he was, he would quickly see that this young man, this young man was, was the real deal. And I want you to understand, first and foremost, that your reputation matters. As I was thinking about Timothy, I thought of another young man, or at least I think he may have been a young man. Look over in Acts chapter 13. In Acts chapter 13, we read about another young person or young man who went along with Paul during some of his trips by the name of Mark, John Mark. Again, I don't know exactly how old he was. In Acts chapter 13 and verse number 13, what we find here is that Mark had been with Paul. Acts 13 and verse 13, now Paul and his companions, Mark was one of those companions, they were traveling to a variety of places, the last part of that verse says, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now we're not given all the details about as to why John left, John Mark left, but we know that he left them. We also know that this would become a really big deal later on as Paul and Barnabas were going to go back and visit some of the places where they had been. Look over at Acts chapter 15. In Acts chapter 15 and verse number 36, and I'm showing you this example here because I think it says something about your name, your reputation. Now, I don't believe John Mark did anything sinful. There's no indication that he did. But there was something that, that Paul had some concern about. 
whether or not he was going to be reliable, dependable. Could he really count on him during this time? So in Acts chapter 15, I want you to notice in verse number 36, after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we, in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark along with him also. But Paul kept insisting that, that they should not take him along who had deserted them. So he had deserted them. And he had not continued on with the work. And so this would cause uh, a, a sharp disagreement, as the Holy Spirit says here in the text, a sharp disagreement that would happen. And eventually Barnabas would just take Mark with him. And I believe it was Silas that would go along with Paul. My point is this. John Mark, there were some questions about him. And thankfully, he was able to continue to prove himself by the end of the life of Paul. We know that Paul is talking about how useful and valuable Mark had become. But I just want you to notice, when you think about Timothy, you can compare that to John Mark. There's something there about our name, your name, your reputation, how people view you, about being trustworthy, about being reliable, about being dependable. And so what we find here is that, indeed, our reputation, it really does matter. And it's something that we really need to understand, that it really does matter. Now, there can be some extremes that young people can have, and even, I guess, even some of us older people can have, too. we got to be careful we don't get so caught up that we always are so concerned about what everyone else is thinking. What we are doing here, we're, we're trying to serve God. We're trying to give glory and honor to God. Yet at the same time, we've got to be careful we don't have this mentality of, I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to kind of do whatever I want to do. Well, that's not going to work either because our reputation matters. And how we live, how we conduct ourselves, it really goes a long way. Look over in Proverbs chapter 10. In Proverbs chapter 10, I want you to just consider a couple of thoughts. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 7. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 7, the Proverbs are, are full of these reminders about the importance of, of our name and who we are. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse number 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. I think that says something powerful about our name and our reputation and how people view us. Our reputation, it does matter. When you really think about it, it, it matters in, in every area of our lives. Think about this for a second. It matters in the, in the business arena. It, it, it matters when you want someone to, to give you a reference. Have you ever had maybe some of the older people, someone ask, the, hey, can you give me a reference for this job? And you're thinking, oof, I'll, I'll give you a reference, but it's not going to be good. It may be a reference for them to run and not hire you, all right? And young people sometimes don't always understand that. If, if we're going to be honest and you, you want someone to give you a reference and to say something positive, well, you don't want them just to, to make something up. It's got to be something that they have seen in you in the past. And so you, your reputation matters. How you work, how you conduct yourself, whether you're lazy or indifferent with the things that you do. Think about this for a second. Especially for the young men here, you better believe your reputation matters when it comes to getting married. Now, for the men who have daughters here, and a young man comes to your house asking you permission to marry your daughter, he's going to be checking you out. He's going to be asking some questions. He's going to want to know some things about you. And so it really does make a big difference. 
You know, and it matters. It matters because we represent Jesus. You are to shine your light. This is bigger than us. It's about Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, I want you to take note of this, that as you think about how you conduct yourself, how you live your life, it really does matter. It's not just for young people, it's for all of us. As disciples of Jesus, we need to conduct ourselves in a way that's going to be pleasing to God. It's more than just about us. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, Jesus said this, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. See how we conduct ourselves, it really does matter. Let your light shine before men. People are going to see you and me. They're going to see us, and the question is, what do they see in us? Let your light shine before men in such a way. So he's telling us how and why this is important. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We don't want to repel people from following Jesus. We don't want to discourage people from following Jesus. We want to live in such a way that people will say, you know what, i got to find out what, what they have. Why are you acting so different in high school? Why are you not doing what everyone else is doing at UNT? i got to find out what's going on in your mind. How did you get to this point in your life? How you live, how you conduct yourself, it really does matter. Your reputation, it matters. And think about this, it matters matters in the body of Christ. Men who aspire to be elders one day, and hopefully some of our young men will aspire to be an elder or a deacon. Your reputation, it matters. Your name, it really does matter when it comes to these offices. People in the world are watching both you and me. Look over in 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2, I want you to notice what Peter said. And keep in mind, Peter was writing this to Christians who were in the midst of, of suffering. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 12. Actually, we'll start in verse 11 and 12. Despite their challenging situation, he still said you have responsibility. You have a responsibility to conduct yourself the right way. 1 Peter 2 and verse 11 and 12, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lust, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior, listen to what he says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may speak bad about you. They may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, so people are watching and they can see something about who we are, And how we live as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. You see what he's saying there? You see the importance of this? Your reputation matters. And so I want you just to think about this for a second. Proverbs 22 and verse number 1 is a powerful text that will help you to stay on the right track as you get older and as you go through different challenges in your life. You need to know that your name is worth more than gold. Your reputation is worth more more than gold. You have great influence in this world. And because of that, because your reputation matters, I want to conclude with this. You're going to have to protect it. You're going to have to protect your reputation at all costs. I want want to give you some thoughts, some simple things you can do. If you've got a pen and paper, write these down, all right? I want to give you eight thoughts to keep in mind as you think about protecting your reputation, all right? The first thing I want you to think about 
as it comes to protecting your reputation. Number one, keep your word. You want to have a good name? You want to have a good reputation? Keep your word. I think about Jesus in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. He said that he came to, to seek and to save the lost, to give his life a ransom for many. He followed through with what he said he was going to do. I think this is something that all of us, especially young people, you need to hold on to and know. You want others to know that you're trustworthy and reliable and that you're able to follow through with the things that you said you're going to do. So number one, you want to protect your reputation and a good name, you keep your word. Number two, I want you to think about this, that you think before you speak. Look over in James 1 and verse number 19 in James chapter 1. Again, this is for all of us. James chapter 1 and verse number 19. It can be very easy sometimes just to kind of say certain things without really thinking about some of the consequences or why we're saying certain things. We need to think before we speak. In James 1 and verse 19, James said, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear. That's a good quality to have as well, quick to hear. Slow to speak and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. Be careful with what you say. Think before, before you speak. Look over in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 24. In Proverbs chapter 16, I want you to notice in verse number 24. Proverbs 16 and verse number 24. Think about what you're saying and, and the words that you're using. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 24, the, the Bible says, Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Be sure that as you do speak, that you're saying words that are good and gracious in nature. And Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 8, again, this idea of thinking before you speak and being careful with what you say. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 8, listen to what the Bible says here. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness. So think about what you're saying. Is it true? Will it help build up? Is it going to help encourage others? Speak the truth. Speak righteousness. There's nothing crooked or perverted in them. Think before you speak. Words are powerful. And how you use words are going to go a long way with your influence when it comes to building up your name and your reputation. You want, you want words of, that are good and true to come from you. Number three, I want you to think about this. Think before you post online. Think before you post online. You know, all of these instructions don't just kind of go out the door when it comes to Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or what other, other platforms I may be missing. But think, think before you post online. You want to ruin a reputation, you can do a lot of that with social media. It is interesting how jobs are looking so much at social media, isn't it? And how people have lost jobs and how people have lost influence upon others. So what we post, and I'm saying we, what we post will often demonstrate who we might be, who we are. So I want you to be careful about this with immodest photos. Think before you post. Profane language. Liking something that you should not be liking, that could potentially ruin your reputation or influence. Be careful with what you do online. This is going to go a long way. Matthew 5 still applies to social media about shining our lights. Number four, you want to protect your, your reputation? Be on time. And being constantly late to class, to work, to appointments, 
and even to worship services. It does say something about us. We know when things are going to be. It's almost like the holidays. Oh, man, I can't believe the holidays are here. Well, they're at the same time every year on the calendar. And it's very much here with respect to worship. I can't believe we're meeting at 9. Well, we've been doing it for a year. So we know when things are going to happen. So we need to be on time. Imagine if you're a boss and you're, you see this employee coming in 15, 20 minutes late every single day. That says something about you. Now, you can make all the ex- excuses in the world. Now, I want you just to think about this. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That's Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so we need to be able to, we should be able to control our time and our, our, our schedule. And I also think about Proverbs chapter 6. We turn over there. Sometimes young people may be late. Sometimes young people may not always follow through the way that they need to be or do because they're lazy. And I think at some point in time, all of us have found ourselves in that situation. I want you to think about the ant. All right, I want you to think about the ant in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 6. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? Wake up. When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding in the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. Don't be lazy. You know when certain things are going to happen, so be sure that you're, that you're on time. Live a life of self-control. Number, number five, make sure that you do things well. Do things right. Strive for excellence in the things that you're doing. I think about Colossians chapter 3, where you turn over there, and the parallel text is found in Ephesians chapter 6. But in Colossians chapter 3, as Paul gave instructions in different relationships, he started off with wives and husbands and children and fathers and slaves, And masters, as he goes into chapter 4, he just says something about the mindset, the work ethic that we ought to have. In Colossians chapter 3, he says this, he said, Slaves in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. For men, work hard. I think that's what he's trying to get across. Work hard and, and do things the right way. Oh, a second, another thing to protect your reputation is to be pleasant. As Christians, we should, I think, have a, a, a pleasant spirit because of who we are. We're in Christ. And we should have joy in our hearts. We should be pleasant to be around. It can be very easy, especially this time of year with young people, with complaining, with the holidays, and not getting this for, for Christmas or not getting this or you want it just a little bit more. But work on having a pleasant spirit. I think about Paul in Philippians chapter 1. Look over there real quickly here. In Philippians chapter 1, as he was writing to the saints, I love how he just described some of the Christians and their relationship that they had together. In Philippians chapter 1, in verse number 3, he said, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now, I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. Paul had a good view about these brethren because they were a blessing. And no doubt they were good to be around. I think there's something positive or something powerful there. People tend to flock around others who are positive in nature. And as Christians, we should be pleasant to be around. Learn to say thank you. You think about the example in Luke chapter 17 about the ten men that 
that Jesus healed, and only one came back to say thank you. One of the most powerful things that you can do to guard your reputation is to show appreciation to others and to let people see that you know and acknowledge what they have done for you. And then finally, as you think about guarding your reputation, most importantly, put the spotlight on God. It's not all about me and it's not all about you. It's about him. And so the way that you live, the way that we conduct ourselves and live, it's about him and giving him glory, honor, and praise. Now, there's more that we could say, but I got to stop here. But these are simple things that will go a long way to protect your reputation. Your name, it matters. Your reputation, it matters. And most importantly, it matters what God sees in you and what he sees in me. And so the question is, let's make sure that we learn this the right way. Let's learn and live from the word of God. Let's not be foolish and lose our reputation and then have to start all over again. Let's be wise in the choices that we make. Let's guard our reputation. It is worth more than gold. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Thank you, Father, for so many good people who are here today who have a heart and desire to worship you, to praise you. Father, be with our young people and help them in the choices that they make. Help them to hide your word in their hearts so they may not, may not sin against you. Help them to fear you and to keep your commandments. Help us to help them as we strive to do the things that we teach them. Help us to be able to be an influence to them for good and for people around us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We'll begin class at 9.50.